welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intelligence, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for joining us on one of the radio stations around the country. Or maybe you're watching on YouTube, or you're listening on iTunes, or maybe you're catching us on the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we have an interesting show. We're going to talk about the senior housing market. You know, in the senior housing market, it's certainly been interesting to investors and to the public at large about the aging population we have and how we're going to deal with that and where are their opportunities. And, you know, when you're talking about senior housing, you're talking about a pretty big market. You're talking about, you know, the active adult properties, uh, the independent living, the assisted living, the memory care, the nursing care. So there's a lot of levels of this, and we have some great experts we're going to talk to today and get the latest trends and forecasts. Please welcome my first guest is Beth Mace. She's Chief Economist with the National Investment Center for Senior Housing and Care. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, and hello, everyone. Hello, uh, Beth. Thanks for being with us. She's calling in from Boston. I'm in Studio One here in Atlanta. And and first of all, to get us started, as I kind of touched on, uh, it's a pretty big market when you talk about senior housing, and it does um, include a lot of different property types, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, so it includes, um, in, as you mentioned, independent living, assisted living, memory care, and nursing care. And each of those property types um, uh, different in terms of the acuity level that they work with in terms of their residents. So independent living would be the property type that is largely um, housing and it offers some types of uh, food or social and hospitality services. Assisted living would be uh, a property offering that would include help with people with activities of daily living, so they might need help getting dressed or bathing or mobility issues from getting from spot one to spot two. Memory care properties are usually those that are devoted to people that have Alzheimer's or some type of memory care issue. And nursing care is um, exactly what it sounds like. It's a property that has some type of nursing care in it. So typically for residents that have are more impaired and have higher levels of security and need uh, medications, they might need IV medications, and they need more constant 24-hour care. And how big is this industry, Beth? Well, the industry is pr- uh, pretty big, actually. Um, in terms of a unit count, we're looking at uh, property types of about 3 million units, um, and that would include market rate properties that are more than, uh, have more than 25 units in them, so more institutional grade properties. In terms of the size, it's probably about a fifth of the size of the apartment sector, so maybe apartments have anywhere from 13 to 15 million units, and this is about 3 million units, so about a fifth of the size. Um, but it's a growing sector and has a lot of interest. Three of the largest REITs, our real estate investment trusts, are um, related to um, health care, and, and that would include seniors housing. That would be health care REIT, um, Ventas, or health care REIT, which is now Well Tower, Ventas, and HCP. Okay. And we're talking with Beth Mace, and she's with Nick, that's sometimes called the National Investment Center for Senior Housing and Care. So, Beth, how are these properties overall performing today? Well, we have data through the first quarter of 2016, and it suggests that senior housing is uh, pretty much a market that's in equilibrium right now. The occupancy rate for senior housing, and in this case I'm referring to both independent living and assisted living and memory care, averaged 90% for the largest 31 metro areas in the country. And that's a level that has been oscillating around for more than two years. So during that period, um, there were roughly 25,000 units of new products that were delivered. 
And that was virtually the same number of products that were absorbed on a net basis or demanded. So it's a market, as I said, that seems to be the supply and demand generally are fairly well balanced. But if I um, look a little deeper and look more specifically at independent living versus assisted living, there are some differences there. And um, the most recent data for the first quarter, for example, showed that the occupancy rate for independent living was 91.3%. And that's just 10 basis points shy of its eight-year high-water mark that was reached at the end of last year. So it's showing that the occupancy rate is quite high um, relative to history for independent living. For assisted living, it's a little bit lower than that, 88.3%. So there are some differences as you uh, get deeper into the overall sector. Okay. And I think a lot of people would think that... um the baby boomers are coming of age and the demographics are changing, but uh, I guess the baby boomers are still a little young for, for senior housing. What are the, what's going on with demographics in senior housing today? Yeah, you have that exactly right, Michael. The baby boomers are, um, they're involved in senior housing, but not as the residents. Mm-hmm. Today, the baby boomers are, are mostly the children of the residents that are there. So they're helping their parents make decisions on where to live and, um, they're helping to choose those locations and those properties specifically, but they're not really the um, residents themselves. The first baby boomer won't turn 80 until 2026, so that's another 10 years away. And the typical resident in a senior housing property is 80 years and older. Okay. And how are these properties changing, Beth? It seems like there's always new technology impacting uh, every sector today. How about uh, in senior housing? Well, technology does, in fact, affect um, this sector as well, and it can affect the sector from um, an operational point of view, and it can affect the sector from um, sort of just helping with residents themselves. So, for example, we have uh, different types of monitoring devices that, you know, just as people wear Fitbits, you see residents are wearing um, some types of Fitbits to help uh, detect motion changes or movement changes within rooms. Uh, you're seeing a more electronic health records that are becoming more um, readily used in senior housing projects. You're seeing uh, some operators that are using iPads to track things more quickly and easily, medication management and things like that. So there's a lot of different technology. There's a number of groups, in fact, uh, this group called Aging 2.0, that is working with venture capitalists on trying to develop technology applications specifically for seniors. Um, for their in, within their homes as well as with, within senior housing properties. You're going to see more robotics, um, more robots in terms of being used to um, be the legs of residents, so to speak, to go from point A to point B, or companionship as well, you know, a robot that might be a reminder to say it's time to take your medicines, that kind of thing. Wow, and you talked about the amount of new supply that seems to be some equilibrium in and the demand and the supply, but seem like with all the new technology uh, that's coming out, some of this older supply could be become a little dated. Yeah, I think that there is a, a risk of some obsolescence um, in the senior housing product types because there has been some new supply coming into the market. So let me—that's sort of a two-part question. So let me speak to the supply first, and then we'll talk about the obsolescence and what's happening there. But supply um, is definitely ramping up in the senior housing sector, not unlike what we see in the other property types where, you know, there's been more capital available. There's a lot of private equity on the sideline. Public REITs have had a lot of capital to, to um, invest. 
and the debt markets have been um, pretty fluid as well. So that there's been capital, and, and when you have capital, that tends to promote development in property markets. So, um, for example, for seniors housing in the first quarter, we looked at construction as a share of inventory, which is a way to gauge the, the level of overall construction. For the largest 31 markets in the U.S., uh, which is the NIC sort of benchmark, that was 5.6% in the first quarter. And that's uh, pretty close to its highest level since 2005 when NIC began collecting the data. And that 5.6% of um, inventory represents 298 properties and about 30,000 units under construction. Okay. So some of these properties may be getting a, a little dated out there? Yeah, so I think what you're seeing is that there, there's uh, new properties that are being developed and there's new design features that are being uh, brought into the market. And um, the existing properties need to, or the existing property owners need to put CapEx into their properties to be able to maintain them to the same standards that some of the new product is, is coming out with. So you're starting to see the existing property types um, have more and more CapEx put into them for for modernizing them and bringing them up to speed and being able to compete more squarely head-on with the new properties that are coming out. Yeah, and it makes sense. And if the baby boomers are the ones making a lot of the decisions now about where their parents go, you know, I'm a baby boomer and, and we're really used to technology, right? We're going to want that technology in there. And you mentioned about the attraction to institutional investors to be in this space. And we're going to have to take a short break here, but I want to ask you about that. And I want to ask you about how interest rates may impact the senior housing market. You know, it seems like interest rates have nowhere to go but up, right? But we've got uh, senior housing, which everybody believes will have some some increased demand as baby boomers do uh, get older. So we'll talk some more about that. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, demographics. We're going to talk about senior housing and the various types. So stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by CCIM Institute. Commercial Real Estate's global standard for professional achievement. Visit ccim.com slash CRE show. That's ccim.com slash CRE show. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're talking about senior housing. And my guest is Beth Mace. She's chief economist with the National Investment Center for Senior Housing and Care, sometimes referred to as NIC. And before the break, we talked about uh, investors being interested in this space, and especially institutional investor. What draws them to this sector? Well, I think institutional investors are interested in the sector for um, many reasons. One, which would be um, portfolio diversification. It's an asset type that tends to be less dependent upon the economic cycle. Uh, by some institutional investors, it's considered a core real estate. Um, second would be it's a substantial and it's a growing sector. Uh, third would be desirable demographic trends. Fourth would be that there are compelling investment returns um, in a sizable uh, risk premium for the sector. So, for example, uh, using data from NACREF, we can see that seniors housing had a 10-year total investment return of 12%. Um, as of the fourth quarter of 2015, and that compares to 8% for the overall property types. 
So we've seen outsized performance returns in both appreciation and income returns. Yeah, and that's interesting. So because of it's specialized, and I guess some might assume it has a little more risk with its special use, uh, you do get a better return. So what are some of the risks of these types of properties? Well, I think that um, similar to uh, real, real estate in general, there's always valuation and exit risk, especially in light of potentially higher interest rates. Um, if interest rates go up, which uh, we've yet to see that they really go up, um, that just today, you know, the, there was uh, information from the FOMC minute that uh, suggested that maybe the Fed might increase rates a little bit again in June, but you no, know, maybe not. So we haven't really seen the increase in interest rates that we had anticipated. But if, in fact, that does happen uh, sometime, that could affect valuation and it could um, add a risk to sort of exit strategies for investors. There's also a risk that we've talked about a little bit earlier about supply risk. Um, and that's apparent in some markets, but not in all markets. In fact, supply is rather concentrated um, in terms of where it is in the United States. It's not in all markets. And then there's, um, you know, the risk of obsolescence that we were already talking about as well. And then uh, probably the biggest risk really is the operator risk. Because investing in senior housing, it's an operating business. So if you're a developer or you're a financier uh, with a joint venture partner, you really want to make sure that you understand the operator and that they're experienced and that they know what they're doing and that they've been through cycles, um, that they understand what types of things they need to do to be effective to produce the results that you require as their partner. Right. And I guess because it's, uh, some of these properties uh, have some, some of the aspects of a business, there's also some upside there, right, to potentially increase revenues. Right. There's always, you know, in terms of, of an operator, um, there's always a um, way to grow your revenues through, um, well, just through really providing really good service, mostly. <laughs> right. uh, you want to be able to maintain your occupancy levels, and to do that, you want to have a best-in-class operation, keeping in mind that this is a, uh, a very personal people business. So you really need to um, make sure you have strong staff and make sure that you... Um, know how to work with your residents to keep them happy. Right. And you mentioned earlier about the impact of interest rates. So if interest rates do go up, let's say they go up a full percentage point uh, in the next year, what do you expect uh, the impact would be on valuations in the senior housing sector? Well, there's, you know, conventional wisdom would say that an increase in interest rates would lead to an increase in cap rates. Um, if this were to occur and if cap rates would go up lockstep with interest rates, um, and if the property level NOI didn't adjust, then your valuation would have to just, to just decline the definition of the relationship of NOI and cap rate. But that said, you know, NOI could grow, and if the interest rates go up, it's likely that would occur under the scenario that the Fed thought the economy was strong enough to withstand higher interest rates. So that could be um, help, in fact, grow your rents and grow your NOI, and that might be able to offset some of the risk of having higher interest rates and its impact on uh, cap rates. Right. And, of course, your, your value is going to be dependent on the customer, right? And so how are the customers' demands changing? What, what do they want differently than they did a few years ago? Well, today's residence is, um, uh, I think, a little bit more fussy than, <laughs> uh, let's say, the resident of 10 years ago. You've switched generations in terms of moving from the uh, greatest generation to what I would call the lucky few generation, and that's the group that's currently your resident. So those are people that were born in the 1930s, 
and um, they were born during the Depression, and um, they're starting to get, as, as they get older, that, that they want more services, and they want higher quality properties, and they're also buttressed by their adult children, which are the baby boomers, which are definitely pushing for, you know, best in class, um, everything. So you're seeing some design changes in some properties, and you're seeing, uh, for example, uh, multiple eating uh, arrangements. So you don't necessarily just have one dining room. You might have multiple places like a bistro and maybe a bar, as well as the you know standard dining area. That's great. Give me an open bar when I get there, okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, it may not be all flashbacks. It might be what they don't call cocktails. They might call them mocktails. So. <laughs> okay. And... Uh, if, if you're watching or listening to this show and you're not familiar with Nick, uh, it's a great organization, a lot of resources. Beth, tell us a little bit about Nick. Well, Nick is a uh, 501c3 nonprofit organization, and its mission is really to advance the quality and availability of seniors' housing um, for American uh, seniors. And we try to do that by attracting and educating capital to meet the housing needs of America's uh, elders. And what sort of resources are available at NIC for the, for the public? Well, we have a website, uh, www.nic.org, and there's a lot of really great information on that uh, website. We have a really good um, uh, document coming out, the fourth edition of what's, what I call the NIC Investment Guide, and it's a fabulous primer for anyone trying to understand the sector. And the fourth edition of this investment guide will be released at our conference this fall in Washington, D.C., and um, at the Marriott Marquis, we're having our, our big national conference, and that's September 14th to 16th in Washington, and at that point, we'll be releasing the Nick Investment Guide. That's great. And will that guide be available to the public? Uh, yes, and you can get it on our website. It's a, it's a minimal fee. It's like $50 for um, a copy of that. Okay, and we'll put a, a link to, to their website and to, to their conference on the show website. And, Beth, we're close to the end of the segment. I know you have to go, but can you leave us with a tip for investors uh, in the senior housing space? Um, as an investor, I would say uh, know your partner. And uh, keep in mind what I said earlier about it being an operationally intensive business. So make sure that you have, your interests are aligned with your partner to try to create the best a possible property and services that you can for your residents. Well, that's good advice. And how about for existing operators out there that maybe they're in a changing market technology-wise? Are any uh, tips you can leave the listeners there with? Well, from an operator point of view, the world is more competitive today than it was. So, again, the message would be to um, produce and create the best possible products. Um, so much of maintaining occupancy is word of mouth in this sector. So, you know, one resident will let someone know who hasn't quite moved in yet about how, how good or bad a property is. And word of mouth and reputation is very important. So as an operator, I would say to, you know, make sure that you hunker down and maintain a really strong reputation in the marketplace. Yeah, that's good advice. Uh, technology can help you and can hurt you if you're not doing a good job. So Beth, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being on the show. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Bye, everyone. And stay tuned. We're going to have more on senior housing, all types, investment market. So stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions. Call 800-408-2855 or visit bullrealty.com.
Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today, we're talking about senior housing. Please welcome my next guest. It's George Yedidnak. He's publisher of Senior Housing News. George, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Michael, for having me. George, in some of the sectors out there, like multifamily, there's been some talk of affordability issues, and it seems like that's... uh, Maybe even a, is that a bigger concern in senior housing that uh, that your guests, your customers uh, can, your tenants, wh- uh, whatever you call them, <laughs> that can afford the senior housing properties? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the trends that we're seeing, you know, when it comes to affordability and, and senior housing and senior living are, you know, the, the market really kind of focuses on either the upper end or the, the lower end of the market with uh you know, various government assistance programs. And then there's a large swath of the population that sits in the middle income section. And there's quite frankly, not a lot of great options out there for, you know, an affordable product that's kind of mid-market and mid-stream. Developers and and operators have been really struggling with, you know, finding the right product to serve this, you know, large part of the population. And it's a, it's a challenge because there's so much of uh, senior housing operations revolves around labor, and there's only so much you can do with those labor costs in terms of lowering them. And, you know, that, that continues to be a problem. You know, dovetail that with the lack of savings for the average American really kind of compounds the problem when you have limited options for affordable housing on a monthly basis, but then also a limited uh, well of of cash and money to spend you know as we all age uh, throughout the process right so yeah so if you're poor enough maybe the government bails you out and if you're rich you're you're rich uh, that market can take care of itself but uh, yeah that middle market so where there's usually a problem there's opportunity is that an opportunistic area for for developers or operators today it's, it's an amazing opportunity for someone who can uh, solve that puzzle. I think there's a lot of really smart people that are, are focusing on that problem today. And, uh, you know, there is no one has come up with the, the holy grail or the silver bullet when it comes to this. So I think there's a lot of people looking at it. And uh, it's, it's a challenge for everyone. But, uh, you know, with those challenges becomes opportunities, as you said. And I think a lot of uh, part of the solution going forward is going to be a real dependence on using technology to help lower those costs, you know, from an operation standpoint to deliver that product in an affordable, you know, accessible manner for many people. Right. And, and George uh, Yednak, he's publisher of Senior Housing News. And I think from that stance, you get to, to see a lot of sides of this industry. And, and what about technology? What do you see there? Well, I think I see the technology component from really two angles, Michael, from lowering costs, whether it's using electronic health records or campus-wide Wi-Fi for monitoring programs. But additionally, we're starting to see technology be used as more of a marketing tactic uh, from the front office and sales staffs of senior housing communities to really try and differentiate their uh, communities with various apps and uh technologies that are available, whether it's to communicate with family and friends or just communicate internally with other residents, it's really becoming a, a part of the whole sales and marketing package for these communities as well. That's interesting. And I guess some of that technology has come down in cost, but it still can can be, I guess, rather expensive to, to retrofit in some cases. 
It is, and I think that's one of the things that I think developers, when looking at developing new communities or, or properties, really need to kind of focus in on you know what those costs are and how to incorporate them in an effective manner. But those are becoming almost as important as you know heating, electric, and air conditioning that we rely upon day to day, and people are coming to expect uh, you know internet connectivity and technology almost as it were, you know, a a basic service these days. Right. And um, we're near the end of the segment here, but can you leave us with a quick tip for developers? You know, my suggestion with developers is, you know, look closely at the market you're looking to develop in and make sure that the right supply uh, and demand is there. We're hearing a lot of pockets of the U.S., seeing some overbuilding when it comes to senior living and senior housing properties at this time. So it's one where if you build it, they will come, doesn't always resonate uh, in this market today. You know, that may change in 10 years, but it's definitely, you know, look before you leap and uh, and know your numbers. Those are are real important things that uh, we hear time and time again, people getting enamored with senior living and and don't do the research up front and aren't masters of their... uh, their P&L and their budgets on a go-forward basis, which are always scary things. That's great advice, George. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Michael. Great to be here. Yeah, and it's interesting you think about changing demand, you think about changing technology, you talk about rising interest rates, hopefully down the road. Is it time to sell? Stay tuned. We'll talk about that. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. First Service Solutions, your CMBS borrower advocate. For requests, assumptions, consulting, and restructuring, call First Service Solutions at 817 857-7227. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're talking about senior housing. Please welcome my next guest is Ernie Anaya. He's VP with Healthcare Real Estate Services with Bull Realty. He's joining us here in Studio One. Ernie, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me, Mark. Ernie, it seems like some people would think from the outside looking into the senior housing industry that, you know, all the baby boomers are a pretty big group of people and they're getting older, but I guess they're not quite old enough yet, are they, to really be going into senior housing. When do you expect the demand for senior housing to peak? Well, uh, I think that uh, if you look at right now the statistics, uh, since 2012, 10,000 uh, baby boomers turn 65 every day, and that will continue for the next 19 years. But that group becomes more the uh, adult children. In reality, the baby boomers will not hit 80 years old until they're uh, 2026, uh, so 10 years from now, uh, and that's where uh, the boom is going to begin. I see. And there was some discussion before that that you heard from our guest, and. Um, talked about the opportunities maybe in that middle market you know the the high-income properties they'll do do well and the low-income people well maybe they'll get some subsidies but so how can investors or developers maybe think about working within this middle market to take advantage of this this need that's one of the biggest problems in the market today that segment of the 
industry is not being really addressed very well. So there's two ways to do that. One is that uh, investment tax credits through HUD, they have the ability to put these programs together where they can actually sell 75% of the cost of the projects to Wall Street, and that allows you to have uh, a loan to value of 30% for the construction loan, plus you get uh, subsidies from HUD. So that's one way, and that's one way that uh, people are looking at it. But in another way, as a product in the market ages, and the mean uh, in certain areas is 17 years old for properties, those properties could actually be sold right now when the market is hot, and maybe start uh, kind of moving it into more of the middle sector, because as those populations ages, or the uh, product ages, it's gonna put that one pressure on both occupancy and rates, because you want to go into a place that looks like a nursing home for your mother, or you want to put them in the Marriott? So, <laughs> so that's a big difference. That's right. And I guess if you decide, well, you know, I, I like this sector so much, I know I've got aging product, but so maybe I'll just try to turn it into a Marriott. Yeah, what's involved there? Well, that's new development. And some of the things that you, you can also retrofit, but one of the problems is, let's say that you have two wings uh, for an assisted living facility. Well, if you're gonna retrofit it and try to turn it into a Marriott, what are you gonna do with half of your residents? Because you're gonna probably do one wing at a time. Mm -hmm. That's gonna be problematic because you're gonna to have to you know, empty that wing and you're gonna lose a lot of revenue. Mm -hmm. uh, so those are catch-22s uh, right now. That's interesting. So you may want to think about, oh, we want to CapEx and then lose those kind of customers or maybe sell that product and, and build new uh, because that, you know, by the time the baby boomers create that big demand, you don't want to have that really old product, do you? No, you don't. And you really want, if you look at right now, what they're looking for, for new product, is actually something that looks like a hotel. Yeah. Uh, you have the lobby, the concierge, the services, uh, the amenities, you have a theater, you have a swimming pool for physical therapy and things of that nature. So when you bring in your parents, they don't think, oh, they're putting me in a nursing home. Mm -hmm. I'm going to a resort instead. Right. Uh, so, but you have to build it, you know, it's new product built. Yeah, well, I think, uh, was it Beth that maybe that just said that uh, they're gonna have a bar in the one I go to? And I go <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> cheers. So, so is it time to sell? So how much demand is there right now for uh, these various types of senior housing properties from investors? So the demand uh, in the market is very high, especially coming from REITs and other investors. Um, as you can see, uh, the demand is so high that uh, we're getting, we're seeing between, if, if a property comes to market that is investment grade with high occupancy in the 90% range, you're, we're seeing between six and 12 offers in two or three rounds. Uh, so it's very, very competitive. Right, that's interesting. So what if, what if you have a, um, maybe a B property or a property that's not institutional quality, there's still investors for that, and what kind of demand and cap rates are you even seeing? Even smaller properties are, uh, and B properties are still uh, very much in demand. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the biggest trends right now is me uh, memory care, and there could be probably a 30 to 40 unit uh, uh, facility and still be in hot demand in the same way. And what type of cap rates are you seeing uh, in the market? Basically what we're seeing is that the cap rates are going around uh, high six, mm -hmm. an inch and a little bit, about 7.1, 7.2, and, and beginning to stabilize a little bit. Uh, and, and the reason for the stabilization of the cap rates is that it kind of mirrors uh, the treasury rates as well. 
Yeah. So it looks like you get a pretty good return on these properties if you can find the right one with the right operator in place or if you are an operator, right? Correct. Especially if you have a very strong NOI, the cap rate is definitely going to give you a big return. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to get some more information from you about um, tips for owners, uh, tips for investors, and some ways to, to capitalize uh, in this sector and where we are right now in the cycle. So stay with us. We'll have more on senior housing. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Today we're talking senior housing with Ernie Anaya. He's VP of Healthcare Real Estate Services with Bull Realty. And Ernie, I think a lot of people are concerned in most sectors around the country, most commercial real estate sectors are where we are in the cycle. Where are we in the cycle in senior housing, or does it really matter in your sector? What cycle? <laughs> That's <laughs> the way I, I call it. Yeah. The, the thing about uh, the senior housing is that it's cycle-proof, and the reason for it is that the demand. Mm -hmm. Out of uh, 40 million seniors, there's only 732,000 residents in assisted living today. So that tells you the type of demand. So one of the things from an investor perspective that uh, our clients could do is really to diversify their portfolio in commercial real estate and add more senior housing to prevent down cycles or to uh, hedge against down cycles. That's a good idea. So diversify, diversify your portfolio. So if a down cycle does hurt your other assets, maybe this one's pretty well, it has been proven to be pretty stable, right? Yes, it has been. What about tips for operators? The, the biggest tip that I can give an operator is to uh, modernize their facilities, mm -hmm. uh, bring it up to date, but also to automate uh, different tasks, to uh, improve, uh, adopt uh, uh, software. For instance, one of the biggest is, uh, referral sources for assisted living is referrals from medical providers. So they're looking at their rate of readmissions to hospitals for Medicare patients. Because if you are uh, readmitted within 30 days, you lose uh, reimbursement. So they're asking assisted living facilities, show me your rates. So if you have the ability to adopt uh, electronic health records and then integrate that into ERP, which is enterprise resource planning, and be able to manage the function from uh, dining to dieting to taking care of that patient, and also you're modernizing your facilities, you'll definitely would be low, lowering your cost of operation, but also attracting more uh, residents. That's a great idea and good tip for operations. And what about a, a real estate tip for operators? Uh, is there anything they might want to think about in this cycle? Uh, for, for the operators, I would look at uh, the age of, our, of their facilities mm -hmm. uh, and also look at an opportunity to bring in infusions of cash by maybe looking at a sale lease back if they own the facility. That could help them modernize uh, their place, uh, but also 
uh, stay in, you know, be, be competitive in the marketplace. Oh, that's interesting idea. So they sell the property to an investor, uh, brokers like you do that. Then they have a very long-term control of that asset as if they owned it, correct. but they got a, a fistful of cash to, to modernize it or do whatever with, right? That's, that's correct. And, and what type of demand are you seeing if, uh, if you've got a strong operator and a, and a tw 15 or 20 year lease, you've seen a lot of demand from investors, what kind of cap rate might someone expect to get out of that property? So there's a ton of demand for that. That's one of the biggest uh, motivators for investors to get into this market is the cap rates. Mm -hmm. So what we're seeing right now is about high 6% uh, caps, mm -hmm. but it's beginning to inch a little bit towards the 7, mm -hmm. and we're beginning to see the market stabilize a little bit because of the inching a little bit of uh, the trade or the uh, treasury rates. Mm -hmm. Okay. so might be time if you're an operator to consider modernizing if you don't want to put the money in the property maybe consider selling it and then i guess you can tell them what the property will bring based on how long the lease they want right so if they want to lease it back and control it for 10 years or maybe they want to do it for 20 years that's a big difference in value right yeah it's, it's no difference from multifamily. i mean mm -hmm. if you have a property that is aging mm -hmm. i mean your rent are going to go lower uh, your occupancy is going to go lower so you need to invest uh, in that property with your capex and then uh, restoring or or modernizing it and if you do that you're keeping the price higher uh, for for valuation purposes yeah well it'll be a good consideration with the interest rates as low as they are now but you know when will it go up well we don't know they might go up soon uh, they might go up gradually the, the time <laughs> to buy is yeah. today okay Ernie, um, thanks for joining us today we appreciate you being here in studio one well thank you for having me michael and thanks for joining us out there on all the radio stations around the country youtube the show website and itunes be sure and join us next week we're going to talk about office tenant strategies until next week be sure that you lead learn and laugh and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty Commercial Advisors, a great place to do business. Visit bullrealty.com, CCIM Institute. Enhance your career and deepen your knowledge with Commercial Real Estate's global standard for professional achievement. Visit CCIM.com. Valuate. Easily share what-if analysis online with colleagues. Visit GetValuate.com. Excelligent, the resource professionals use for commercial real estate information. Visit Excelligent.com. That's X-C-E-L-I-G-E-N-T. Commercial Search the source to market and source available properties for sale or lease. Visit commercialsearch.com. First Service Solutions, the CMBS borrower advocate. Visit 1stsss.com. For more information on these great companies or for additional videos, podcasts, or articles, visit CREshow.com.